The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hello, and welcome one and all back to the Melodramatic Teen Universe. Guys, another week, another quarantine episode, another just like really beautiful podcast setup from our remote comedians who just look like very professional in their at-home spaces. I could not be more impressed, and I'm also incredibly insecure about myself, but that's fine, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, I did have therapy today, so like this will be a very emotionally vulnerable podcast. Um, When we record on Tuesdays, obviously, I expect my fans to understand uh, where I'm coming from emotionally and spiritually. But yeah, if you're new to the Melodramatic Teen Universe, I don't know, what have you been doing? But in case you don't know, or I don't know, you like just woke up in 2020, the year of our Lord, uh, this is the Melodramatic Teen Universe. We are the podcast that gives you all the hottest takes on all your favorite shows just a few decades late. I am your host, Emily Duke, and I am joined today by some of my all-time favorite people. Incredible. Oh my God. Wow. So many things. What is the exact Lady Gaga language? It's like... Stunning, amazing, amazing st- never been done before, completely unique. Yeah, all of that. Actually, you know, editors, if you can just dub that in, that would be great. And <laughs> I'm just going to fully, TikTok is permeating all of my engagements. Okay, so because he has proven that he actually knows this, let's start off by introducing the amazing Troy Solomon. How are you, Troy? I, I'm good. I'm just, you know, living my best quarantine life, trying to stay cool. It's getting blazing hot outside, but, you know. You're in California, right? Yeah, I'm in LA. So are you? where are you guys? We're in New York. Well, I, I am, Elise. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I don't know why weird. I just, like, spoke for you. Oh, because I haven't introduced you, so you legally <laughs> yeah. can't speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I forgot that, like, you were fully gagged and bonded until I remote say your name okay so we have Trey, and now we're just gonna dangle a carrot let's just extrapolate wildly on what we think elise wants to be saying since she like can't i think i think she's based in new york she probably wants to say well i'm currently at my family's house in the poconos nope just nope that's not what she wants <laughs> also, to be saying this is fully like one of those where it's like you're talking and she's your puppet. And yeah. like you're like, Elise is really <laughs> leaning into like miming it, which is great. Wow, let's let her talk. Please welcome Elise Morales. <laughs> wow. Hello. I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> was that truly the hardest thing you've ever done? Because I feel like all tough. comedians can't not it was, talk. It was tough. I did feel like I had um the like we were in Chicago, the like, oh yes, oh yes, yes, we both oh yes, we both reach for the gun for Don't worry the gun. Wait, okay. can I tell a funny Chicago story really quickly? Literally always Anytime. and take as much okay. time as you want. So um <laughs> you could talk for hours about Chicago to me. Oh my god. Don't even get me started. So the other day, my husband's in this room I'm in right now on a work Zoom call, and I didn't okay. know this. So I wake up, it's like 10 o'clock. I like jump out of bed. I go, I, every morning I go and I like say hi to him in this little office just to be like, good morning. So this Wow, day, what a good husband you are. I've like literally yeah, never. It's not, it's just because I want attention. It's really not yeah, like yeah, that for makes him at all. Sense. I just made my husband literally give me like, pets on the top the top of my head and he was like don't you have a podcast like can you go away and I was like no you have to pat me yes. on the head exactly until I am recording it's a ritual I get it yeah um so I like roll out of bed and I walk across our apartment and I'm going to the office and I just open the door and you can see behind me right there there's like a little shelf I can peek through to see if he's like on a work call mm-hmm. so I peek through like I don't see anything happening like he's just like 
sitting there staring at his screen. How do you and know if he's on a work call, like visually? Like, does he so have like big work headphones? Usually has he- these headphones on and there'd be like okay. a Zoom call up and there'd mm-hmm. be like people talking. Usually he's talking. So I didn't see it happening. I just saw him looking at a spreadsheet and I was like, okay, like, Let's talk about dick. Fair game. Mm-hmm. So I <laughs> I walk in, I'm in my underwear and I just go, you've been screwing the milkman. You've been <laughs> screwing the milkman. He was crazy. <laughs> and then he just does one of these. He just goes and like looks back at me. And then he just laughs and clicks two buttons on his computer. And all of a sudden a sea of faces appears <laughs> onto the screen. Great. And he was Great. Zoom calling with his entire company. Wow. And I'm just standing there in my underwear screaming Chicago lines. <laughs> I mean, that is... Was, screw the milkman. <laughs> like, what a specific line to call out. Like, I just rewatched Chicago, and, like, at no point am I ever like, you know that hit jam, you've been screwing <laughs> the milkman? Milk <laughs> like, that's obviously the line so that everybody funny. remembers. You ran into my if I had maybe said that one, maybe they would have, like, it would have been a little bit more, like, easy to recognize what I was doing. But they were all, they all love me, thank God. So they were, like, laughing. Okay. But they were all like, what the fuck just happened? Like, what, I just what did truly you just say? can't get over the fact that, like, honestly, like, you're treating it like that line in Chicago is, like, the, <laughs> like, like, no, 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 no way. Like, you're treating it like it's, like, this iconic, earth-shattering moment. And it is truly, like... The twentieth best lyric in like the third in that best song. song. <laughs> I know. Like, I think it's because I like to accuse him of doing things he just doesn't do. So I'm like, mm. you've been screwing the milkman, or I'll be yeah. like, you don't love me, and he's like, shut the fuck up. So I just think it's I funny. Like, to I like, like those are the two things. Like <laughs> all men are either screwing yep. the milkman or. Yep. They don't love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would actually say they're mutually exclusive. If they're not fucking the milkman, it's because they don't love you enough to fuck the milkman. True. You guys want to know a little background on me is that my great grandpa is the milkman because my great grandma was screwing the milkman. Wait, hold up. Wait. So much more information. I imagine so a, my- a sound a sound effect coming and going. Boom, <laughs> just like echoing through. Listen, I am a byproduct of a screwing the milkman of a decades old screwing the milkman led to my being here today. Basically, my my grandpa is one of like six kids and he was always like, his brothers are like tall and blonde. He's like short and has brown hair, like kind of looks really different than them. And then one day when his dad was like, depression era weird. Like his yeah. dad who was not yeah. his biological father, yeah, but the man dad, who raised him. Yeah. Sort of raised. This he Andy was like Cullen. A, he was like an Angela's ashes, like absent, like drunk Irish. Father. Well, it was the thirties. Yeah, like exactly. I don't think a lot of men were like really sober and in touch with their feelings. At the no, time. Exactly. are they now? I don't think uh, they even are oh, now. Oh no, I don't know what men you're talking to, but all men that I know are like incredibly evolved. Oh yes, I would love to meet some of those. <laughs> I'd love yeah, to interact deeply with know. them. Um, deeply know. That's, yeah. So anyway, he dipped out at some point and then my grandmother revealed to my grandpa that his real, well, actually what my grandpa told my mom is that he deduced that the Italian milkman was his real father because during the depression, he kept giving him nickels. And he was like, why? That's what you do. You fuck a bitch, you give their son nickels. (laughs) And he was like, why is this man giving me all of these nickels? And why are all of my brothers Irish? And I am clearly a young Italian boy. Okay, I have learned Wait. so much from this podcast. But the number one is that if you sleep with a woman, you gotta give her child nickels. Yes, <laughs> that's Wait, and- that's iconic. Wait, have you done a twenty-three in May? 
so my mom did a 23 and me and it basically like it showed her because my grandma is italian too and it basically showed her as being fully italian which would lead to okay. this would check out if but also, my- was there only one Italian man? Like, why does it have to be the milkman? Like, yeah. we've just deduced they're like, well, he looks Italian, so <laughs> it's the milkman. <laughs> my grandpa said with certainty that Mikey the milkman is his His father. name is Mikey the milkman. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, he said this with is- certainty. Okay, you are, like, involved in animation in something of a real way, <laughs> and if you don't make a cartoon pilot about Mikey the Depression-era milkman that fucks her <laughs> mom and gives you nickels, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> like, it's so important to me that you write that pilot. Like, I'd watch that. I would watch it so badly, and I imagine him just taking down, like, all these middle-aged housewives and having, like, an army of illegitimate children that fight crime. <laughs> There's there's a, a very fun theme song in that as well that oh, needs to I be was going to say the pilot intro could be the theme song or the intro just has to be an animated recreation of Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> it has to be of that moment. Just that one line, that very it's, obscure. It would screw in the milkman. It's yeah. a dubstep remix of that singular Yes, exactly. And it is featuring a Depression-era cartoon milkman. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, here perfect. For it. All right. Well, that's super exciting. I mean, I feel like we've learned a lot. I feel like we should maybe like pivot to talk about <laughs> TV universe in like something of a small way. But like, I'm loving it. I think you're both really great. And this is like really confirmed that. So, like, really important facts. <laughs> like, I'm so happy to hear it. So, most episodes of the MTU, we talk about a couple of different shows at once and kind of like compare and contrast. But it is now, as this will be released and not as it's being recorded, just to pull the curtain back. We are now celebrating Pride Month, and we are talking about some of the incredibly lacking but occasionally existing gay representation (laughs) in the melodramatic teen universe. Mm -hmm. And in an effort of reaching for that, we have a pretty minor character of Luke Ward's father, who is out (laughs) in the first season. It's the closest we've got. It's not 2020, y'all. Like, I can't lean on Pretty Little Liars here. I have to stick to the... (laughs) The oeuvre, the 90s and 2000s oeuvre. Mm -hmm. And I've yet to find any queer comics that know anything about Jack McPhee on Dawson's Creek. So here's where we are, guys. Mm -hmm. You guys know the OC. And we're going to talk about Carson Ward and his son, Luke Ward. Carson Ward is in maybe seven minutes, cumulative. Yeah, I was going to say, like, barely shows, like, his face. Yeah, Yeah. there's there's the scene, the scene. Where yeah. Luke discovers that he's gay. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of Carson Ward's big well, moment. Then, okay, yeah. so there's that scene. And then the actor is actually very good. His name is Robert McNamara. I looked mm. him up because, like, I think I maybe had a thing for him, like, <laughs> at the time. And I think maybe now. Like, Were you I shocked feel... when he came out as gay on the show as well? <laughs> I definitely was not attracted to him before he came. Like, I think it's just, like... Him making out with a dude in a car dealership around mm-hmm. a bunch of BMWs is like the first vintage gay pornography that I consumed. But didn't we kind of wish they were doing it in one of the cars? Like I that was a weird wish they choice. were. Yeah, I wish they were in one of those cars, like going at it. Yeah, no, it, it was, was sweet very and tame. intimate. They like hold hands, and then it's like a little kiss. Yeah, and then Luke like falls <laughs> down and like turns on a car alarm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Marissa Cooper is, like, overdosing in an alley. Like, we're showing everything. Her death is, like, so graphic. Spoiler alert. But then, like, meanwhile, this gay moment on television is just, like, he kisses the top of his hand, and then it's just a quick embrace. (laughs) 
I do remember watching it at the time and being like, oh, shit. Now everything's got to change for Luke because he's got a gay dad. Everything's different now. Instead, they just took him off the show. Yeah, they just like fully wrote him off. He moved to Portland with his gay dad and they were like, okay, bye. Okay, so basically, if you haven't seen the OC, let's just like talk through the trajectory of Luke's character because it changes rapidly. Like in screenwriting where they're like, somebody needs to start here and they need to end here. And it's all about the journey. He's the only character that that actually like truly happens with in like the most heavy handed they're like you think he's just a macho dick but he's actually super caring because he's got a gay dad and he's in love with his ex-girlfriend's mom and we're all like what like it's just like and they're like oh and and he likes to drink and listen to rooney and this all happens in the span of like he's maybe in what like seven episodes total like he's not even in yeah yeah no it's for like it's like a three-month period yeah Yeah, but like in the show he's not in like every single episode is he? no for sure absolutely not at the very beginning i feel like he's huge like he says welcome to the oc bitch which Which is like i mean probably the most iconic the line line i would also say like this is maybe a controversial opinion, and I am not saying that, like, Marissa shooting Trey does not have its moments, but, like, honestly, if you ended the OC at the end of season one, I would be fine with it. Yes. Like, I'm kind of like, season one is, like, truly incredible. Season two is good. Season three is not good. And season four is bad. <laughs> like, that is. At what point do Marissa and Julie move to the trailer park? That's three, I think. Yeah. That's. That's where because really... Julie and Caleb are together. So okay, so in the the story of Luke Ward, so basically mm-hmm. we have this like he's a water polo captain, obviously, because in California water polo is football. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Yeah, definitely. Yes, like water from polo my knowledge, is football. Yes. <laughs> Wait, Troy, where are you from originally? I'm originally from South Florida, so fuck me. So you know like alligator like, hunting is football. <laughs> like, let's go to the Everglades. You'll find some alligators and some dead bodies. Cool, cool, cool. And like, which one's spookier? You know, like, right, what, exactly. like what's the, the spookiest thing are the people in Walmart. That's like the spookiest. <laughs> okay, can I ask just as a non sequitur like, what was the spookiest thing you've experienced in a Walmart? Oh, God. I mean, there's something, not to take it so political, but there's just something so alarming about walking into like a Walmart superstore and there's just like, an entire section guns. of guns. Like it's, it is so alarming to just see so much. It's like a wall of them. It's like so scary. But yeah, no, I mean, no, just no. everyone's horrifying in Florida. Like I'm, I have no shame. <laughs> I'm, no, I listen, I probably fall into that. I have a really weird sense of humor. So I'm sure it's probably because of my upbringing in Florida. But I just like don't think that you read Florida to me. No, I don't mm-hmm. at all. But I, okay. I think I, I think because I'm from there, I can like, understand that it's just so awful like i can like separate myself from it yeah i feel very cali yeah you seem very cali i mean when did you how old were you when you moved to california it was i was 21 so did anyone say like welcome to the oc bitch (laughs) i wish (laughs) but (laughs) the oc and like the hills were the reason like that was like a big factor into why i moved to la (laughs) i was like you know what i mean like you watch those and you're like that's what like it seems beautiful and beautiful there's like parties with tons of, like you know what you know what i love in those there's a ton in of all teen those shows coke well yeah there's lots of cocaine but also when you whenever you watch those parties in any of these shows there's always like a blender of margarita just oh. going mm. and i'm like 
I've yet to go to a party where that ever happens. As a grown ass woman, I have never ever seen someone blend an alcoholic beverage. No. And they just had them. There was always a blender. And I'm like, these idiots, no. Teenagers drink Everclear. It's Everclear and orange juice. That's it. Yeah, it is like there is a liquor and there is a mixer. And like maybe somebody brought grenadine that they stole from the liquor cabinet (laughs) because they like didn't know if it was alcoholic. Like there's always Mm -hmm. like one bottle of grenadine that somebody inexplicably stole from their parents. Mm -hmm. I will say shout out the OC because I do feel like Marissa just pounding like Popov in a bathroom is a very teen activity. Whereas if we look to Gossip Girl, we've got Serena having full martinis at a hotel. No teenager in the history of the world. (laughs) <laughs> Ian, my husband's never seen Gossip Girl. We're, sorry, this is not a Gossip Girl podcast, but no, we no, are no. Re- it is kind of a Gossip Girl <laughs> podcast. Like, it, all roads lead back to Gossip Girl. <laughs> like, but we started watching. I've seen the series. This is my third time watching it, so he's watching it for the first time. And oh he'll God, what just, a magical I, time! I know, and it's so fun to watch it through his eyes. So I'm like, oh, this is so fun. But he every once in a while will just be like. What the fuck? These are 17-year-olds at a bar. How are they getting served? Like, what do you because mean? Because they, like, own like, the bar. It's unbelievable. And I think it's so funny that that is just, like, the norm. And it's so unbelievable. Because like, you imagine how many... If there are kids like me who are like, I'm going to L.A. because of, like, Audrina Patridge. How many kids <laughs> are like, I'm going to New York City because of Blair? Okay, Audrina Partridge is truly, like, the you're sleeping with the milkman of the hills. Like you are so like, oh my God, am I super Gen Z if I say you are so random? Like, I am very like, random. So random. Like, I'm kooky crazy. Oh God, like, wow. I haven't heard the name Audrina in because, like, quite I mean, some time. Listen, Audrina gets to like, date like motorcycle riding justin bobby she's the she's actually where like a lot of the emotional trauma comes in whereas lc is just kind of like "Mm, i'm not gonna deal with that i'm gonna like go get a nice house and get a husband and like be done you know i mean i saw justin bobby walking around in mm. austin texas and i said did you like what there he is and i said there he is gorgeous (laughs) That's He's here. Amazing. <laughs> you said amazing, unbelievable, one of a kind, totally unique, never been done before. That's what you said. Okay, yeah. amazing. Um, Gossip Girl also does have some queer representation in Eric, but that always bothered me because Eric basically got written out of the show and was the main character in the books. But Chuck is also pretty queer. and that, Chuck is very queer. If they were to redo it, which I know they are redoing it, and I'm very excited to watch the reboot Oh, of it's Girl. going to be pornographic it better be so horny like it better be it's gonna be appalling like it'll truly be be, i mean think of this is hbo like have you seen euphoria oh yeah it is going to be a lot like i'm nervous for what like kind of heat everyone's gonna go into because i also i like consuming teen dramas like with friends and like Mm -hmm. discussing it with them and when these shows get too sexual i'm like I can't sit on this couch and watch this <laughs> with you. I need to be alone. 100%. Lights off. Yeah, like 100%. I just need a private. Like it's like I can handle like watching like Hillary Duff and like fucking Joe Goldberg. That's not his name. Ben Badgley and yeah. whoever the fuck plays Vanessa having a threesome. Like mm-hmm. I can watch yep. that and laugh with my friends and not feel like I am aware of how wet I am right now. Yep. And like it is making me feel uncomfortable in this group setting. But I keep thinking about every time Chuck is in any scene, I'm like, you know, if they create a Chuck character in the new one, 
you know he's fucking everyone. Well, a bunch of producers on Gossip Girl said that they were like mad in retrospect that they didn't have more queer representation and that they weren't more explicit with Chuck's I mean, we'll say bisexuality, which, like, I don't even want to define it. Like, maybe he's pants. I have no idea. I think he's just, like, whatever wants to go in my mouth. Yeah. Well, because there's that whole plot line where Blair literally, like, tricks him him into hugging up with a dude. And then, obviously, he's like, you think this is my first time kissing a dude? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. He says that, and and we're watching it, and I went... (gasps) (gasps) I was like, oh, my God. Chuck, stop. You know, this is making me think... Famously also bisexual, one Marissa Cooper, who hooks up with, with Olivia, Olivia Wilde. Wow. Yeah, that is wild. Mm-hmm. Get it? She oh. used to date Seth. And then she's she and Marissa hook up for one episode. And I like <laughs> I like honestly truly forgot that. And it's a really important plot line. Yeah. <laughs> and I literally was like, I want to talk about queer representation during Pride. And I was like, Luke Ward's dad. That was the best I came up with for the OC. What the fuck is wrong with that? Well, me? because it is an interesting conversation, though, because it is unfortunately different when you talk about men versus women versus any gender, like, non- anybody. Like, there's always a different way that it's presented in a way that it's quote-unquote accepted yeah well Marissa's also like like, and again like I think this is bad writing and like I am not like judging anyone's like sexual preferences like fine but it did feel incredibly performative with Marissa like I just never bought that relationship in any real way well also a show like the OC doesn't really take the idea of being a bisexual woman or a lesbian seriously in any real way so like Marissa can be gay for one episode and that's fine they would never have like sex serious- gay for one episode yeah that's or super kiss true. a dude for one episode like, and the like never- homoerotic tension between Luke and Ryan has- oh my was- god so I was like when are they gonna just do it? Like I have just... huge big caps, like favorite moments for Luke Ward. And I literally watched like a YouTube video of just Luke and Ryan moments. I think I watched the same one. <laughs> like, it is like so okay. So Luke and Ryan's relationship, first of all, like they hate each other because water polo. Because they, and they love punch. each other. They hate each other because they love each other, but they yeah. both love this woman with like no female body parts that <laughs> seem available in any way. Like this is literally like a 12 year old boy with long blonde hair. Like is literally like Misha Barton is Timothy Chalamet. Like that's what I believe. <laughs> so they're both in love with Marissa Cooper slash Timothy Chalamet. And so they fight over it. But then they just all of a sudden become friends because they're on a school project together, mm-hmm. right? Is that what happens? Yeah, they yeah they get forced to work on a project together, and that's when they go to the car dealership and they see, see right because the moment they have to bond over the fact that Ryan knows that his dad is gay. Well, because Luke yeah. also thinks that Ryan told everyone because the dad knows that Luke was there, so the right. dad comes out to the mom that night, and the mom tells everyone. Right, that's like how it actually happened. But Luke yes. thinks that Ryan yeah. outed his dad. And then he loses all his water polo friends immediately. Because... And he immediately gets, like, embraced into the squad, which, like, you know, our core squad, obviously, of, like, Summer and Seth and Ryan and Marissa. But, like, can somebody explain one thing to me? Like, were they popular? Mm. I think at the beginning, Marissa and Summer are supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. In season one, they're supposed to be. But Marissa continues to be, like, the president of all the things and like is really well isn't summer prom queen yeah it's weird because they only hang out with each other (laughs) Um, 
And they definitely And like Luke, who was like socially abandoned. But the entire school does revolve around them and their goings-ons and like they are always voted prom king and queen and like they're always causing a ruckus at the yeah, school. Yeah, it's like, always it's like they want them to be popular, but they also want them to be relatable to everyone watching the show. So we were like, well, we'll make them really fucking cool and also like academic, but also win and rich all and the well awards. Dressed. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like they needed to make them work for everyone. So they made them the most popular, but also nerds. But like so true to themselves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. once a season, they'll introduce like a girl character who's like, actually, I'm going to be the prom queen this year. And then they're like, oh my no. God, Taylor. It's like the same storyline every season. Yeah. Every okay. season, just one girl comes and I'm prom queen this year. And they're like, prom was last year. We're moving on. <laughs> new Like new we are dance. fully at <laughs> Orange County Community College. Yeah. Like you need to chill. <laughs> I'm still going to be prom queen. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> Um, okay, all right, so Luke's trajectory, so he starts off as, like, this big, beefy water polo player, whatever. There are a couple of moments earlier where you start to see the cracks in him being an asshole. Gay. He gay, is... Okay. <laughs> I remember watching it the first time, the first time I ever watching when I was, like, young, I was a kid, and I'm like, hmm, it's funny that his dad's gay, because, like, I've always kind of thought He's Luke could have been. Yeah. He's just so, like... I don't know, like, someone who's that angsty and that angry and they're masculine, they're male, I'm always like, mm. But I feel like he wasn't that angsty because they kind of made him, like, the class clown all of a sudden. But he punches half. Ryan, like, episode one. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. First half of the season, he's yeah. fully, like, this, like, I have so much fucking <clears throat> testosterone, like, it's literally coming out of my pores. But then the second half, he's, like, a buffoon. Like, he's, like, a lovable yeah. buffoon. Yeah, I feel like that's a thing in a lot of teen shows in general is, like, there's a character that, like, starts out as, like, hot, popular guy and then becomes, like, does he need to wear a helmet? What's happening with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he truly, like, he became just, like, the funny butt of the joke. I mean, also, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the fact that, like, all of this drama with Luke really centers around his relationship with Marissa. So he's dating Marissa. Ryan shows up. Ryan is obviously in love with Marissa. Marissa's obviously in love with Ryan. Luke is rampantly cheating on her. Yeah. To the point that he hooks up with her best friend in Tijuana. In Tijuana. I the most important episode of television, I would say. Oh, maybe the ever. Tijuana episode of the OC is like one of my favorite episodes of TV. And also I remember anticipating it at the time. Like, and like when I was watching it as it was coming out, being like, tonight's the Tijuana episode. <laughs> I, like, I was like, they're going to Tijuana. Some shit's about to happen. <laughs> I wish I'm going to try and find online like the promo trailer for that episode because... Oh my god! Yeah, no, I remember. We were all I remember the promos for that, and I remember the promos for Marissa kissing Olivia Wilde mm -hmm. because they were like next week on the OC, and like they should would show the kiss, and you'd be like, ah! <laughs> and then your brain would explode. More gay stuff, and oh. then your teeny tiny tiny brain on would my explode. television. What? <laughs> um. Okay, so he's cheating on her. He cheats on her in Tijuana, which causes her to overdose. Also, yeah. because her dad is. There's more than one reason. She's Listen, like damaged. She's she overall damaged. Very damaged. complex. Very yeah. complex. Well, her dad yeah. scammed her whole town, right? Yeah. He's a yeah. scammer. Yeah, but he's so cute. I know. And then he just goes away on his <laughs> boat. He's like, you know what? I'm moving to my boat. I mean, to be fair, he moved to his boat and Luke's dad moved to Portland. Was like, I just got outed and all of my friends I stopped talking to me. It. So I'm going to move to Portland? Why? Where you, Why you can, Portland? Where you can be safe. You can be safe. No one's going to bother you in Portland. <laughs> 
Everyone's weird. <laughs> I also remember deeply thinking it was Portland, Maine when I was a kid because like I grew up in New England and like didn't know that like Portland, Washington was like a place. And so I was like, weird, that's like a pretty far away place. <laughs> like that's like Seth also sails there. Mm-hmm. At the end of season one, one, which is a really enormous sailing <laughs> journey for a 16 year old child, boy. for a literal a child, <laughs> like the open sea, that boy straight up cannot vote. Like, he, yeah. but he, he can can't legally right. sleep with a 20 year old, like, he is fully yeah. a child. The sailboat was made of paper, like, it was. <laughs> fully made of paper and they were like cool but yeah no that is once luke's dad moves to portland the last time we see luke is just seth has moved in with luke and his dad in portland which like isn't explained if luke's dad stays with the business partner that he has like a very serious relationship with Mm, yeah they don't ever explain that do they because it's kind of implied that they are like you know, one true pair, like, have been together for a really long time because they've been business partners. And, like, It'd be too really much. Fucking... It'd be way too much to show a fully developed gay relationship. It just would be way too much. We just, to like, don't the have the airspace. We can't do that. We don't have the time for it. So instead, we're going to have a four-minute scene of Adam yep. Brody and Chris Carmack playing video games in Portland for no reason in the season yep. opener. <laughs> and the yep. dad's like, hey, guys! And they're like, cool, I like my dad now because I am evolved. I would just love to talk to, like, one decent straight man so good luck but i'd like to find one just to ask them like yo is that how you guys like hang because if that really is how straight boys hang out i'm like you guys are literally a piece of like cotton away from banging like you guys just one shirt comes off it always just seems so i don't know maybe my brain is just so like focused on the homoerotic but it's just like Straight interactions on television always just seem so flirty. So I'm like, I well, don't know. Because they're probably like flirting IRL. So there's probably like an element of yeah. that. Yeah. I also just think like the process of acting with somebody is like very intimate, yeah. which can be read as very sexual. Because is anyone on the cast openly gay in real life? I think the guy who played Oliver, maybe. Oliver. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know. I might oh, coming back to you just flash oh before God. your eyes. I like Oliver. Okay. Uh this is not an Oliver podcast. Like I just like I can't I can't touch my like, Yeah, that's too much. Anyone at home that's <laughs> listening that doesn't know what the OC is and you're like, who's Oliver? Like, don't worry about it. Like just don't <laughs> fucking worry about it. Yeah, just don't invite YouTube. it into your life. Don't yeah. invite Oliver in. Like, just the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. Like also I would say, like, if you don't know who the Oliver in your world is, like you are the Oliver. So like <laughs> just you That's know. scary. That's everybody's scary. got one. Oh, yeah. Luke also has a weird thing with Oliver where it's like, okay, so he's dating Marissa and then Marissa basically, they lose their virginities to each other. Or I guess he's been fucking other people for like a really long time because he's like trying to show off how straight and into water polo he is. Which so straight. Can we also just take a moment that we didn't get a homoerotic moment of the water polo team ever? Never Which is so fucked. Yeah, and I just imagine... Never mind. I just imagine... I shouldn't because... uh, I just imagine all water polo players are just like under the water grabbing each other. That's all it is. No, no, no. Isn't that the game to be doing that? It's football in a pool in Speedos. Truly. That's like truly what it is. (laughs) It is like truly the most homoerotic thing. I get like if they the fact that Josh Schwartz did not give us a montage of all of these jacked boys rubbing each other in Speedos, like truly deeply hurts me. Like (laughs) I want to start a GoFundMe. 
Yeah. yeah. Ryan, Ryan Murphy, Murphy needs reboot. to be tasked. Mm-hmm. Like, Ryan Murphy needs to get in here and needs to put yeah. in that guy from the politician slash Hollywood that, like, yep. can't act but is super hot. Like, I want to see him play water polo with yep. Luke Ward in the past. Yes. And throw in Matt Bomer, and we are, like, good to yeah, go. Yeah, but, like, a young Matt Bomer. You know what I mean? He could be the swim coach. I don't care. Oh, he could be the coach, but then yeah. he probably wouldn't play with them. Well... No, because there's a scene where they all, he gets in the water and he's practicing on his own to remember his glory days. And it's like exactly. nighttime and he's alone. And it's like, we see him do it then. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have two shows coming out of this podcast. We're going to One is the Milkman, <laughs> Depression Era Milkman Mom Screwer. And, and the Matt OC Bomer. Water Polo spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> water that's, Polo spinoff. just hardcore water polo. <laughs> Like, should we maybe just get into water polo? Like, are we like sports fans? I can I get into like... watching it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So that's. You also enough. play water polo? Like, where? How does where? one get into water in a polo? Pool? You play in a pool. No, but like, where is it a popular sport? I, from my understanding, Orange County. Or, yeah. <laughs> California, I think. I guess I got to hop on over to the OC and find I some think water it's polo games. Just in like California and like just rich schools i think it's like in california water polo is kind of like crew in the northeast yeah oh. does that sound right it feels like a specialty rich person sport it's like like, like lacrosse and shit too like you can't <laughs> you can't just <laughs> fucking be poor and play lacrosse lacrosse like, is you. the wildest sport when you think about it. Mm-hmm. you're taking the tiniest little stick with a tiny little net and you're <laughs> with all of your force catapulting a hefty ball like through the air okay wait hold someone on. else's net. This hefty ball like i've never Isn't held a like, lacrosse ball in my life oh i mean i feel it's like, is I mean, it like bit is it wood no i'm sure back in the day they played with wood yeah. balls <laughs> but i don't really know i i used to live in pennsylvania and they used to play lacrosse there all the time and yeah i remember like, uh oc related thing i remember in a later season when Marissa Cooper's sister, Minnie Coop, becomes a character. Uh, Shailene Woodley? Oh my God, I didn't even remember that. Okay, so Shailene Woodley plays baby Caitlin Cooper, oh. like in the first season in the beginning, and then it's a different actress after that. Okay, so this is when it's a different <laughs> actress. Summer calls her a lacrosse <gasps> Does that mean she's a slut who plays lacrosse or she's a slut for lacrosse players? I think it's a slut for lacrosse players. Okay. Oh. Also, like, cool thing for, like, an 18-year-old to call her 13-year-old friend's sister. Yep. (laughs) They're just like, you're a whore. Like, we're only 18, (laughs) but we're already at the age where we hate younger women. Isn't (laughs) it also funny that all these shows, like, of that era would just cast someone for the first, like, three episodes and then just change the actor. Oh, like, constantly. all the time. You would never see it ever again. Like, nowadays, no fucking way. Well, because now, like, these oh, shows don't just, like, so go funny. on the air and then never yeah. be seen again. Like, that's that era of television that I feel yep. like it's important to note. Like, they didn't ever think that we would all have, like, like Netflix boxes being like, I want to watch Blair and Chuck, yep. like, make out in a garden. And it's like, there it is. Like, I just watched that yeah. entire episode. And, like, I truly think that they were like, we're creating a soap opera and no one will ever see these episodes again or remember anything that happened. But it was Blair's mom that is, they cast one woman to play her mom in the first oh like God. two episodes. And then all of a sudden she comes back from a very long trip that we don't know what she was doing. <laughs> She's always just gone, comes back a whole new woman. And Ian's I, like, 
Did she just like change or is it a different person? I was like, well, no, there's it's a also, whole different actress. I mean, there is a precedent from the OC that is used in Gossip Girl because the OC was first in which yeah. Luke's dad is outed and moves to Portland and Blair's dad comes out. I don't believe it's like hostile and outed. Like it seems like every it was done relatively well, mm-hmm. well I think. Yeah, well, he doesn't. But then he just moves to Paris. Yes. He's literally like, oh, well, With now Ramon. that I'm gay, I don't yeah. really care about my daughter. Like what? It's like, you're still a parent here. <laughs> like, he cares about her. He has a house. He has a room for her in his brand new gigantic okay. house. I know he got a room, but I just like always. I felt very bad for Blair because I feel like she was so abandoned yeah. by like both everyone. Of her parents yeah, and everyone. Like every little person. I feel person. like everyone hated Blair, and everybody was like, "Why is she so jealous and insecure?" And it's like, well, her mom hates her. Her dad, who she's like deeply obsessed with, like maybe we'll come visit once a year and like doesn't really... Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, like maybe, which like Thanksgiving is really traumatic and the only reason he's here is to like remind us all that she's bulimic. Like, it's just yep. like, I just like can't. Blair's life is really sad. <laughs> yep, that's, she's my favorite character on Gossip Girl, but this I mean, is not she's a Gossip like Girl podcast. Character. She's like my favorite character on like all shows. Yeah, yeah well, because she's just like, if you think about it, she's really the star of Gossip Girl. Oh, she's 100%. Like, I know that everyone thinks it's Serena, but really, Blair is Okay, the so star. we did a podcast about Blair and Serena, like, specifically, and their super toxic friendship. And, like, the overwhelming thesis was, like, Blair is significantly better in every way. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. it is truly insane. And I think they, it became very clear that Blair was the primary component of that podcast as soon as they had her date down. Like, they were like, yep. oh, we're literally having Blair just, like, catch all the dick because, like, we're going to yeah. see whatever collection of, like... <laughs> Yep. What dude do people want to see hanging off of her tits? Because, like, we'll try them all. You know? Like, yep. we're good to yes. go. I love Gossip Girl. It's the best show. I know. Yeah. Okay, but we have to talk about Luke Ward. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's right. Luke Ward. That right. That's why he's here. Okay. So, Luke basically transitions. He cheats on Marissa in Tijuana. She ODs. And then there's this whole plot line where Marissa and Ryan are trying to escape from the hospital after Marissa ODs. Because Julie wants to rightfully send her 16-year-old daughter who just overdosed in a possible attempted suicide Mm -hmm. to a a mental, in in a foreign country. And the mother is like, I think we should send you to a mental institution. And Ryan and Luke helps them, is so disturbed by this that they break her out of the hospital. As one does. (laughs) That is, as even something of an adult now i'm like that is so fucked up and if i were a mother and that happened to me i would truly have all of those kids arrested like it's so funny like they're like she's so evil for wanting to send her daughter with serious substance abuse problems that will follow her for the rest of this show to rehab (laughs) how dare she and then we really learn that Marissa's terrible so luke helps them and that's like a big moment where it's like okay luke is part of the squad now because he like helped get them out and then i think the episode after that is we find out about the dad and then luke is like judged by all the other water pool players that's also the first time that ryan and luke get into a physical fight as a duo like as a batman robin situation which is like a pretty sexually explicit moment yeah like somebody is like gay bashing luke's dad and him and ryan like look at each other and kind of wink and just like start wailing on these dudes (laughs) and we're like oh they're a team now love it it's very cute yeah, it's really adorable. And then, and then, yeah, he's kind of a secondary character for the rest of the season until he yeah. starts fucking Marissa's mother. Iconic Which I think we need line. to talk about for like a very long time. Okay. Yes. Elise, why line. don't you, you just do a breakdown for me of like how you saw that relationship developing. 
It's been a minute since I've actually like watched how it went down, but I remember that it was like he comes to the door. Um, looking so, for Marissa? Looking for Marissa, and then Julie's there and she's like, she's all sexy. What what how did it start? Troy, do you remember? I feel like she definitely answered the door in a bikini and had like yeah. a margarita. And it's like the evening. And it, yeah, and she's like, why don't you come inside and help me with a floppy disk? Like, it's mm-hmm. like purely like, come on over. Yeah. Very porny, like yeah. a very porn type beginning where she's just like, oh, my daughter's ex. This is not here. Unrelated, but Elise, on your video, I just saw your cat and mm-hmm. I fully thought it was my cat. And I was like, Elsie. And I just like had a full moment where I was like, how do you get in here? (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's fully like not my room. Like Zoom has just become a three-dimensional space for me where I truly Mm -hmm. believe that we're all in this room together. Okay, cool. Unrelated. Okay, so they have this pornographic thing. They hook up and then they start having like a motel romance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then. Well, then Ryan and Seth catch them. Right. Ryan and Seth both catch them. Yeah. yeah, they're they're like walking by it, and then they I like, feel like Ryan see knows them making Seth it home. Doesn't because there's the whole episode where they go to where there's the whole meta thing with the valley, the like show in the OC that oh, is the OC. Right, 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 oh, right. When right. we yeah. find out that Seth's cousin or aunt is a stripper, aunt is that also the episode where they meet Paris Hilton? Yes, don't they meet Paris? Yes. They meet Paris Hilton. We find out that Seth Cohen's aunt is a stripper addicted to cocaine and possibly a prostitute, which, like, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm all for legalizing sex work. I'm not throwing that any shade there. But, like, that is a lot of information to learn about your aunt. Yep. Yes. (laughs) Then, as a side plot, like, what's going on is Ryan is just telling Luke, like, you have to stop fucking Marissa's mom because she just overdosed from you Mm -hmm. fucking her best friend. So, like, don't be fucking her mom. Yeah. But then Marissa does, I don't remember how Marissa finds out, honestly. Does she Um, see it? Or does someone tell her? I think she sees Luke leaving the house or something along those lines. No, because they only fucked at the, like, Mermaid Inn or whatever. That's not what it's called. That's, like, truly an oyster bar in the East Village. But, like, whatever the fuck. Troy's Googling. I just remember what I- Troy has, like, major Google face. What- I'm looking it up. (laughs) Well, I remember how it ends is that Luke tries to talk to her and then she won't talk to him and he gets so upset he drunk drives and almost dies. Yeah, I know that Well, part. that's after Caleb proposes. To Julie. To Julie. Right. No, to Luke. Pro- Sorry. The <laughs> famous queer relationship of Caleb Nickel and Luke Ward and how they were secretly having like a whole thing. That all sparks. Yes. <laughs> and right. then he's like, will you marry me? I'm 80 and a billionaire. And Luke's like, oh, gay marriage isn't legal yet. And they're like, that won't stop true mm-hmm. love. And then he moves to Portland. Mm-hmm. The end. Mm-hmm. Right, right, Not right. good I enough to be a third now. spinoff, but still pretty solid. <laughs> Nothing is coming up to tell me exactly how Marissa discovers this. I feel like I have a memory of like her face just being like, tell me it isn't true. Like, however, whatever weird yeah. vocal fry she has. Where Sounds she's right. Like, tell me. Tell me. Like, I, I know she confronts Luke at some point. Yeah. And then that happens with when her Caleb proposes with her little flask. And then. I mean, there's, there's nothing so much left happens. for Luke. There's nothing no. left for Luke at that point. It's like you fucked your girlfriend's mom. Yeah. You got to move to Portland with your gay dad. <laughs> that's just like <laughs> what you've got to do. Like, that's just the next logical step. I do think there was definitely, I want to get back to like the Luke Ryan 
relationship because I do feel like I couldn't tell what exactly was happening there. And I feel like you're right. I feel like it is purely just like raw sexual magnetism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's they like should fully be all that's happening. I don't know. I think that the bully is always the. Are you operating off of glee? <laughs> Basically, yes. Truly, that's nothing makes me angrier than the plotline in Glee in which Darren Chris dates the bully. <laughs> like, yes. truly, nothing has ever made me more mm-hmm. livid with her. Like, he's different yep. now. And it's like, I no, know. no. But that's kind of what I felt about Luke. It's like, in the beginning, he's so hot headed. He's like such an asshole. He's an asshole and he sucks, he's but he's dick. not like. He said, Welcome we to the OC, bitch. It's like yeah. the dickiest thing to say Which, to like, somebody. I think it's yeah. pretty cool. He also hates Ryan for being poor. Right. Which, like, okay, but to be fair, and everybody hates at Ryan for being poor. Everybody hates Ryan. Of everyone, Luke has the most legitimate reason to hate Ryan because Ryan is clearly trying to fuck his girlfriend. That's and true. also, Luke kind of wants to fuck Ryan, which is confusing for him. So, and like, his girlfriend right. cannot stop staring at him. Well, that's every- what I was going to say. Like, truly, Luke has a reason to hate Ryan. When Summer first meets Ryan in the pilot, she's like basically trying to sexually assault Ryan, first of all. And second of all, like, Seth comes up and blows up that he's from Chino, and Summer just goes, Chino? L. Truly, like, they all fucking hate him for being poor. Like, I'm yeah. not singling yeah. out Luke for that. He doesn't punch him because he's poor. He punches him because he's, like, trying to sleep with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I give it, you know what, you're yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'll let you have that I actually one. think that Luke is, like, the most into economic diversity <laughs> of all the characters. Wow, that's a bold statement. Yeah, I feel like he's the most on board. He sleeps with Marissa Cooper, who we all know is trash. So, like, <laughs> I think that... He's actually very woke about class issues. I mean, he, that's you know, a good. <laughs> yeah, we're all like silent, like mm, yeah. Well, yeah. Good point. Okay, yeah. He does say Ryan after that scuffle in the burning building. That house was that there, happens right? early yeah. too. That's in like the second episode, I think, because he third. loves Ryan. He's like, mm, I love you. I want. I mean to you because I can't have you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm excited this for this podcast where I was like, yeah, I was like, we're just going to like have a talk about the representation in this like gay dad character. And it's because there's none. become like slash about Ryan. Yes. <laughs> like, fully well, because I mean, it's also a thing, a sign of the times. Like, I feel like if you watch back on those shows now, it's like how they wrote characters like that all seemed a little bit, a little bit gay. Like they're all a little sure. bit, you, know, you watch also, Buffy, like they're all a little bit gay. Little bit gay. Yeah. Everybody's a little bit gay. Like, that's yes. also just, like, reality. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, everybody's got, like, some wavering degrees of straightness right. and gayness that, like, permeate themselves. But, yeah, I mean, I do... I think it's interesting how, like, the school and the water polo team reacted. Like, how they all, like, shun Luke. I think that's really... Yeah. Like... It also made no sense to me. I mean, granted, I grew up in, like, a very liberal family and a lot of liberal friends. Like, I was, like, largely raised by my babysitter who was a gay man. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, yeah. this was very normal in my world. And I remember being like, the OC is like a pretty, I would think, progressive area. Like, this isn't like Alabama. Well, like, isn't like, Orange County, doesn't Orange County have a lot of Republicans? Mm-hmm. But they're, it's it's County, Republican, yeah. they're Republicans for like fiscal reasons. Like, they're tax evaders. <laughs> they're not like, like members of the Southboro Baptist Church. Like, also, you know what I mean? like in just, California at this time, I think there was an anti gay marriage. Was that Prop 8? I don't know. It was DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. Are you talking about DOMA? No, I'm talking about a California-specific one to keep gay marriage 
illegal or legal. I I can't remember. But well, I know that California eight, right? was one of the first ones to like legalize it. Yeah, but I feel like it just didn't really track for me that in two thousand four, like a bunch of sixteen year olds would react that negatively. Like that. Just, well, especially when it's about his dad. Like, yeah, it's, a like whole, it, it's so removed. It read <laughs> yeah. to me like this is what a bunch of forty year olds in a writer's room. This is how it would have happened in their high school. What they would have done is all the kids would have. Yeah, all the kids would have been like, "Oh my god, so did you hear like his dad's kid?" Like they would just be like whispering about it. They wouldn't be like, "Fuck you." Yeah, they wouldn't like ostracize him and like bully him now because his dad's gay. That's like, I don't think that that was realistic. But I guess it was a good way for them to get Luke likable. Yeah, I mean, there was also the whole plotline. I remember this, and I remember it really bothered me when Seth like. Seth finds out and is super, like, delighted by it. And it's kind of when you start to see what a terrible fucking person Seth is. Because, like, truly, Annalise, I know that you love him. Mm-hmm. I know you stand. But, like, I truly um, think Seth Cohen is, like, one of the most fragile white men on the planet. Like, true. I find him yeah. so deeply damaged and insufferable and selfish and just, like, fucking awful. And has been given way too much and I hate him. Okay. He's anyway. like a typical, typical white man. But, like, he is like so, like, he is so drenched in, like, woe is I, I'm a loser, but I'm actually like incredibly yeah. rich and, and popular and everybody so loves me. Right. And like, and rich like and... I'm just like, I can't like, you listen to Death Cab, we're all very impressed. Like, thank yes. you. Oh um, yes. But, okay, so there's this moment when Ryan tells Seth, oh my god, that's delicious, because it's like, and says something to Luke about how like Luke's always calling him gay, and he's like, so guess like, you're the gay one, like, blah, like, whatever. And it was like, what the fuck, Seth? Like, have like some kind of like, compassion like this guy's parents are getting divorced like he's like like which is just another thing that happens in the oc really i think that they were all just like they're all like desensitized to divorce at that point yeah but like just the amount of gay panic when you see it coming from seth i was like okay seth like having your death cab cds like taught you to like respect all people's sexualities like you know what i mean like you would think that seth would have a little more space for that yeah like he's just like i'm gonna go to brown and like what like vote for john edwards like what the fuck do you want like just like stop (laughs) like it just like really bothered me because i feel like we set up seth as this like hero of progressive ideas and like so intellectually like he's the one i feel like when i watched it seth was the one that was supposed to represent like us like we're supposed to be the most relatable to him and like understand his perspective he almost like narrates the show he's almost like basically like Yes, exactly. And he's supposed to be, like, very smart and very progressive and, like, blah, 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 blah. And, like, I'm literally, like, girl, you were in it for a rude awakening when you go to, like, nude raves at Brown. But he was pretty gay, too. Like, he was pretty queer. I mean, like, not actually, but, like, he has some pretty gay undertones as well. And I mean, yeah. he, like, I never, yeah. I saw a lot of like fanfic about Seth and Ryan, which always really bummed me out because I was like, they're brothers. Like, let's no. not. Yeah, they did not yeah. have a sexual mm-hmm. energy between the two yeah, of them. Yeah, I at did all. not see that. No. Like, no. I truly did not. I saw Ryan and Luke, yes. But Ryan and Luke for sure. It doesn't help that sure. Ryan and Luke also both look like, like in that show, when you watch back, it's like they both look exactly like how those like 70s porn stars looked. It's like yeah. that haircut and like this, they're all blonde and like their skin's very pale. It's they like, look they like look yes they look like those porn stars so it's like they should be doing it like they should Luke's be fucking face is so classically like 2000s high school hot yes. abercrombie poster child i mean luke is also objectively hotter than ryan like we all yes know that i would prefer ryan luke is um, too perfect for me i like i need like a little mess 
See, I like Luke because he looks like he could either be like a wonderful time in bed or he could smother me with a pillow. Like he yeah. has that look of like, I could murder you if I go a little too off the deep end. Yeah. Which yeah, I'm kind of yeah, yeah. like, mm, he's got like rage fire. behind his eyes that yeah. like really. And behind that jawline, he's like, yeah. I can, I got the I kill. To me, I feel like Luke would be like completely hard if I touched his yes. body. And I don't like that. I need like, yeah. I think that Ryan might have like a little squish. He would. He would have a little squish. <laughs> but it's like, are we talking about like for the rest of our lives or just like a one night in Tijuana? I like, like their actual faces. Like I'm like, Chris Carmack is going to give you more attractive children than Ben McKenzie. Like I have hit a point have in my uterus journey problem. where I just only am looking people based on their DNA. Like I'm like truly like I just want to know what your facial me. structure. Is. I want to see what your background is. <laughs> I just like truly want to talk about his facial structures and like how they're going he has to a transmit via face. Seed. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he has like a perfect he. Face. Oh my god, he's also so he's also on Nashville. Well, I was going to well, say this is the other so reason I brought it up. Yeah, yeah, he goes on to Nashville where he plays a gay country singer. Yeah, which is like truly. I mean, that role is amazing. Like it was amazing. He's incredible in that but like yeah i feel like that's why luke ward was like top of mind for me because that character for me is like but did he so when i don't know the timelines did he i think he chose to leave did he leave the oc to go to nashville or was it those are two different times i feel like nashville was on so long nashville was much later because i think think nashville was later luke was like off the oc by like 2004 or 2005 and nashville was like but i feel like he probably like signed another pilot that didn't get made Probably. Probably. <laughs> he probably Honestly. said like eight pilots didn't get me. Yeah, he floated around for a little bit. I mean, literally, Adam Brody floated around from the OC until now. He just started showing back up and shit again. Wait, what is he in right now? He was in Mr. and Mrs. Smith? He was in Ready or Not, that movie that came out a couple months ago. It was like a thriller in, yeah. a, ha- in a house. Oh my God, with the girl going to the family. Don't spoil it. I didn't wedding. see okay, it. I haven't it's seen really it either, good. but I really want to see it. I want to see it. It's okay, really cool, good and Adam Brody's really fun. I didn't know he's in it. That's cool. He's in it. Yeah, he he's one of the people in the house and he's Guys, really this good. podcast is now sponsored by Ready or Not. So yeah. like, <laughs> perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Ready or Not. <laughs> Thank you so much for your contributions <laughs> to the cause. Okay, all right. Parting moments on Luke Ward, any larger thoughts on anything we've touched that you're just like, if I don't get this off my chest, I'm going to like stay up all night crying because I forgot to mention it. Oh my God. Yeah. And you Dramatic. can't ever contact me again. I won't. This, Fuck. <laughs> this is truly your final words. I think it'd be cool if someone redid the whole show nowadays and like actually did it to reflect well. <laughs> queer culture. Yeah. Like yeah, I think it'd be really yeah. cool because it's like, I don't know, when you watch back these shows, it's like, I mean, any of them, they're all just like, it's like a caricature of like what reality is. And like, that's fine. It's a drama. It's supposed to be like a soap opera, but I don't know. I think they would just be so much more rich if they had actual like queer representation and gay representation and different, just different gender. I mean, just everything like body body diversity. We didn't even talk about that. There's like none. Yeah. There's just everyone is like, I will like, we believe we will be having extensive conversations after of course the moratorium where I can't speak to you ever again. But when I come back in my next life, we need to have a very extensive discussion on body diversity (laughs) in the end. It's just like, it's absent. Every woman on that show is 100 pounds. And like, that's it. And then the thing that sucked the most was that that would be their life on the show and then they would be off the show and then they would get snapped by Parazzi and Perez Hilton would just destroy them and talk about just, I mean, like rip them apart yeah. for being too thin. So it was just like a nightmare. Yeah. It and it was, was all bred I mean, by this like unhealthy media entertainment. Those world. shows, but also I would just say like 90s and 2000s culture 
in general, as far as like yeah. pop culture, that we like think about the O twins and like let's like I just like yeah. I can't like I honestly we've treated we've treated people like celebrity culture was really monstrous. Perez Hilton was my like I turn on my computer and Perez Hilton is my home screen. Yeah, yeah. When I was in high school, like that was it's like truly my life. I saw someone tweeted today because the whole thing about Khloe Kardashian is going around now, like mm-hmm. the yeah. the TikTok that's fire or whatever but they posted they're like wow it's so funny we spend decades telling women that they're too ugly or too fat or too tall or too this or whatever and then claire kardashian goes out and like tries to look exactly like how you tell her that you wanted her to look 10 years ago and now everyone's like oh my god just be yourself be who you are like don't change <laughs> yeah. yourself for anyone yeah. like it's just so it is really like it's like I mean, truly it's appalling not the yeah. best of all examples but it is an example of like yeah it's just insane what we did in the 90s and 2000s like early 2000s about like body image yeah Yeah, and it's i guess that would be my final thought also is like it's just interesting to see the way how these shows are so reflective of the values of the time because if it's going to be a show for teens it actually is nine times out of ten going to have progressive quote-unquote values for that time Mm because teens don't want to see some conservative Sure. Yeah. So Which again, like, this is why I was shocked on the OC. I was like, teens in 2003 California really would not point. react this way. Like, I just don't but think it they is would. A, that's such a good point, because you're right. Like, at that time, to see someone's dad, like, have a sexual relationship with another man mm-hmm. would be super progressive for teens to watch, but also not judge. Like, teens wouldn't actually watch that and be like, what the fuck? oh my fuck God, you. what the yeah. fuck, gay people? They would be like, oh my God. Like, it's just, I think you're right. Yeah. Like, and nowadays we see, like, shows like Euphoria and we're like, you're right, it's a sign of the times of like what each generation is like open to seeing and what generations that are writing it are open to writing about. It's like a very interesting balance. I feel like the OC just like really fucked up that reaction. (laughs) Like, I just feel like it was like, there was no reason why anybody in that high school would respond And I'm sure, I mean, the thing about those shows too is like a lot of what they do has a lot to do with like how the audiences are reacting. So it's like, they were, if the audience was like, was probably more interested in Luke's storyline, they may have brought it back and like made it a bigger thing. But everyone's too concerned with like Marissa Cooper because Misha Barton's all over Perez Hilton. So it's like a really interesting thing how everything plays into itself and how we probably miss out on so many awesome like, realizations of like gay characters or anything really like any yeah. characters because of how we were as people did in you time. watch my so-called life no did you watch dawson's creek no actually okay, so these are the other pride episodes and then of course we're doing a buffy episode because we're not <gasps> fucking morons <laughs> um but it's like very specific obviously to willow and tara but like there are mm. so many gay undertones in buffy it's like i don't even know like oh, we could yeah. do a month of just gay buffy but like mm-hmm. i like <laughs> i was like i wanted to cover multiple shows like every demon's gay. <laughs> True. Oh my god. I just like I can't. Um okay. Spike, also queerest character, like of Ugh. all time. Like truly, truly, truly. Okay. Now just like I know it's not about that, but like Team Angel or Team Spike. I am deeply Team Angel. <gasps> I know. It is a controversial wait, okay. You're Spike. I'm Team Spike. But really? I actually don't know as much about Buffy. I should have, I like would need to watch a lot more to be like hardcore on that. But just, you like, just should do alone. that. I also, it's just so much fun. A friend of mine just created a bingo card for this podcast and sent it to me. I like literally just posted yeah. it. And one of the tiles is non sequitur leading to Buffy. <laughs> because I literally like don't know how to not, because it's That's like obviously the best one of these shows. And like that is well documented, but mm-hmm. that is my yeah. thing. But okay, so I think. I just have to feel this way because I personally think that like the Buffy Angel love story is like the most beautiful and pure and I'm so in love with David Boreanaz and like 
I he's just such a like baby. He's such a crybaby. Like I, I just like don't you. care. I can't. I have to yeah, leave and do my own show. Vibe. I watched it in real time. Like it's like David Boreanaz. Like I had a full blown poster of David Boreanaz on my room as like a child. Like it's like I can't. I just think Spike represents to me. He reminds me the most of like Luke Perry from the movie. So I, and I love yeah. that because I'm like, oh, I love that like grungy bad boy who's got a heart and like is gonna save you but also is gonna put you through hell like i love that like yeah i just feel like also this question always comes up where it's like angel versus spike and i'm like okay that's really just ask me do you like the first three seasons of the last four like and i'm like i prefer the first three you know what i mean like i just do i'm never gonna crazy in the end besides spike and buffy fucking a house to the ground there are no like earth shattering moments to me about spike and buffy and for buffy and angel they're so like Crom, the virginity, her having to yeah. kill him. Like, all of these things are, like, so imprinted into my mind. And we can all agree that <sighs> no one likes the commander boyfriend, or whatever the fuck his name Riley? is. Riley? No one likes Riley. Oh, truly? Okay, so He's I know garbage. someone. I know someone. And it's hard. I know someone. His <laughs> name starts about. with JJ, <laughs> and his last name may end with Abrams, but I know um, someone. I know someone who, like, does stand Riley, and it's, like, very upsetting. I'll just, I'll leave it there. <laughs> what do you mean, does Dan Riley? Do, oh, they stand. stand. Does, I was like, is his name Dan Riley in your life and they're fucking him? What are you not telling us? <laughs> Sorry. They my friend Stan is Riley? fucking Riley. Why? No. Guys, we have to wrap up. This is amazing. Guys, so thank you so much to my guests. Elise, what do you want to plug? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Pandalise. That's P-A-N-D-A-L-I-S-E. And on Twitter at Elise Navidad. That's A-L-I-S-E-N-A-V-I-D-A-D. <laughs> nice. Any like projects coming out in quarantine? This will probably drop um, like during Pride. Yes. So. Um, yes. I actually, I have a book of puzzles coming out. I wrote an adult puzzle book. It's called Hello, I'm a Fucking Puzzle Genius. It's got... <laughs> A hundred puzzles, more than a hundred puzzles in it. And Wait, what you, kind of puzzles? Like crossword puzzles. I have a Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend's word search. Got... <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's pop culture. There's some OC references tacked in there. There's some rom-com references. It's all pop culture, fun stuff. And if you go to my social media, you can find a link to pre-order it. It'll okay. be available in June. <laughs> All right, Troy, tell us about you. Socias, what's your deal? What are you plugging? Yeah, you can follow me on, I mean, everything, but mostly Instagram at a bear named Troy. And I will have new music coming out very, very, very soon. Oh my God. Yeah, so very soon. We'll just say very soon. (laughs) Troy, I just followed you. Like sooner than you think. Did you? Okay, I'm going to follow you back right now. So excited. I love We're making this. connections in real time. Oh my God, in guys, Zoom is like the LinkedIn of the future. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that came from. Okay, guys, that has been the Melodramatic Team Universe. So I'm Emily Duke. You can find me at Emily Duke. Ha ha. Follow me, follow the pod, and mwah. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. This was so fun. Mwah.